Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. DMAC here. We've got an emergency episode of Dodgers Dugout Live a few minutes ago. News broke that Josh Hader is signing with the Houston Astros. Of course, Jeff Passy was the first to tweet out. He tweeted, breaking star closer Josh Hader and the Houston Astros are in agreement on a five-year, $95 million contract. A source tells ESPN the deal contains no deferrals. It is the largest present-day value contract for a relief pitcher in baseball history. Jeff Passman go on to tweet, Josh Hader joins an Astros bullpen that already has an elite closer in Ryan Presley. They'll be the best one-two punch in the game. Hader's deal for $95 million exceeds that of Edwin Diaz's in present dollars. Deferrals took the value of Diaz's $102.5 million deal to around $93.1 million. So, That's what we talked about a few days ago, was that Josh Hader, he wanted to sign a record-breaking deal for a reliever. He was eyeing that $100-plus million deal, but as we pointed out, really he just wanted to say that I have the best deal in present-day money, right? And he was able to accomplish that with this deal. He becomes one of the highest-paid relievers in the sport, the highest-paid reliever ever for a team that really has a great chance to extend their window. Now, When you look at Josh Hader and just kind of my initial takeaway of this deal is there's no doubt about it. Josh Hader at the right price would have been fantastic for the Dodgers, right? He's someone that is a lefty, an elite lefty, a reliever that could have absolutely taken this bullpen to the next level. But at that price, I don't think the Dodgers were heavily involved. I don't think that they got close to offering him that amount because The Dodgers were in a position where they were constantly linked to Josh Hader along with teams like the Texas Rangers and the New York Yankees. But I think that it was a situation where they would only strongly consider it if they were going to get him at their price on a shorter term deal. Maybe if a deal like the one he ultimately signed with the Astros wasn't out there and there was talk that this market wasn't as robust as They had hoped, and maybe they could get him on a shorter-term deal, maybe a two-year deal with an opt-out, and he could get back to the market. But at his age, with everything he's accomplished, I felt like there was going to be a team out there that was going to sign him. I felt like he was ultimately going to get the contract that he was after because he is a major weapon. He is someone that can change and shorten a game better than any pitcher in baseball. Now, I think what's interesting is a few days ago, it was reported that if you look at his medicals, if you look at his medicals, they were some of the best that teams had seen. He was getting feedback from teams out there that from a medical standpoint, they felt really good about it. And you look at his numbers last season, the results were there, right? A 128 ERA in 56 in a third inning of work. 
a 36.8% strikeout rate. He had swinging strikes on almost 16% of his pitches. So swinging strikes on 16% of his pitches, he was dominant. He was what we've seen from him for so many years. The only difference with Josh Hader and the Josh Hader that we saw in the peak of his powers with the Milwaukee Brewers is he's exclusively been a ninth-inning guy. He's exclusively been a closer. If you look at the recent history of him, last three years, last three years, he has had 103 saves in 113 opportunities. That's a 91.2% clip. But most of those are coming, though, in a ninth inning, one inning role, right? He is pitching one inning, and that's the ninth. He's not giving those multi-inning relief appearances. But I do think with the money secured, I think he's going to be open to it. I think you're going to possibly see the Josh Hader, at least glimpses of the Josh Hader that we saw with the Milwaukee Brewers, the guy that you could use at any point in the game against the three, four, and five hitters if the matchup says, okay, it's best to have him out right here, even if it's not the ninth inning, even if it is the eighth inning, a high-leverage situation because he doesn't have to worry about the payday. He's already secured the bag, and he doesn't have to go out there and try to record saves and present himself as a traditional closer. So, look, biggest takeaways from this is you got Abreu, you got Presley, you got Hater for your seventh, eighth, and ninth for the Houston Astros, okay? That's lethal. That is the best back end of the bullpen in the sport, potentially. And I remember a month ago, a few months ago, when there were rumors out there that maybe the Astros were looking to trade Valdez and they were looking to maybe downsize a little bit and maybe just recalibrate and not be as aggressive. Well, you can throw that all away, right? This is clearly an indication that this Astros organization is looking to extend their championship window, and you saw what the Yankees have done this offseason, right? You bring in a Juan Soto. You haven't gotten that starting pitcher. There are rumors that they're not interested in signing a Blake Snell. Does this make the Astros the team to beat in the American League? Are we more likely to see Houston in the World Series than the Yankees? I would say yes, because the Astros, they've shown the ability to win in the postseason. Yes, Dusty's gone. Yes, you've had some turnover. But this Astros team, Trastros, whatever you want to call them, they have found ways to win. And you bring in a Josh Hader in an era where you're starting to see this game increasingly become a bullpen game. Year by year, you're seeing less starting pitchers go deep into games in the postseason than you are seeing relievers going out there managing innings, managing matchups. That's why it was special to see what Jordan Montgomery did last postseason. That's why it's special anytime you can get guys go six or seven innings of the postseason just because that's not how it's done. And you look at a reliever, a guy that pitches one inning every couple of games is getting this kind of price. He's making starters money, right, as far as not Yoshinobu Yamamoto money or anything like that, but it's getting a nice bag for what he does. And as far as what the Dodgers do, I don't think that they were sitting around thinking, okay, we got to get Josh Hader. What I say yesterday, I say that the Dodgers are that billionaire who has the 500-foot yacht, the super mansion, the Rolls Royce. They have the island, the Maldives, right? And Josh Hader was just going to be that trip to outer space that all the billionaires are buying right now. He was going to take them over the overtop 
if you get some comments on the screen right here, when to get your comments. Yeah, right when you here. look at the shortstop and position, got Gavin Lux Andrew, coming. See, Andrew Freeman did not want. To, okay, no, we got Astros are trash. Thanks, Jordan. Jordan Diaz. Does it cost it? In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Astronomers, a draft pick. We got no way he's worth that. We're glad we didn't spend that. Yeah, look, I am perfectly happy and fine. If you guys have been watching this show, I said it before. I've said it again and again and again that the only way that I thought that it was palatable for the Dodgers to get Josh Hader was if he fell into their lap at the right price. Something $20 million per year, right? For a couple of seasons tops. A one-year deal at a high AAV just to get that one year out of him. But he was so good. He's so talented. And teams value relievers to the point that I'm not shocked that he was able to get this. Now, like I said, the Brewers version of Josh Hader hasn't walked through that door for quite some time. With the Brewers, he was a historically great weapon, right? You're talking about someone that had a 47.8% strikeout rate. That number is down to 36%. After he was traded to the Padres last trade deadline, he definitely had a couple of down weeks there, and it was looking like maybe is Josh Hader declining? Is he washed? Is he losing at that stage? No, he picked things back up, and he was able to strike out Freddie Freeman to end the Dodgers in the NLDS. So it absolutely, it was just a blip on the radar. He did have a 522 ERA in 22, but that was a little bit of a glitch in the matrix. I don't think that is who he is. But, yeah, Dodgers now... I think they're in a position where we talked about it on this morning show. Do you go out there and consider a Robert Stevenson, who now is going to be the best reliever available as far as what he was able to do on the mound last season? When you look at his strikeout rate, when you look at his results with the Rays, where they replaced his slider with his cutter, and from a whiff standpoint, from a strikeout rate standpoint, from an effectiveness standpoint, opponent's batting average, he was the best reliever in the sport down the stretch last season. The big Josh Hader domino has fell. Now it's what does this mean for the Stevensons? What does this mean for Hector Neris? What does this mean for Ryan Brazier? It makes you wonder if this is the market for Hader. I do think that Stevenson can get himself a contract in the ballpark of 30 plus million dollars. I think you could see him sign a three year, $36 million deal. I think you could see Ryan Brazier sign a nice contract. So maybe you aren't going to get these relievers at the reduced rate that a couple of days ago it looked like it was possible. Now, another thing this impacts too, how does it impact the Rangers? A lot of people thought that Josh Hader was going to go to the Rangers. How does this impact the Yankees? 
other potential teams the Dodgers could face in the postseason. But like I said, this is the trend in Major League Baseball. You're seeing relievers get more money, get better deals. Edwin Diaz, even before that, Kenley Jansen, right? You've seen relievers get big deals because starting pitchers, they're going five, they're going six, they're not going seven or eight, right? So you can either spend $25, $30 million a deal, $25, 30000000 million a year on a starter, or you can get a lethal bullpen piece like a Josh Hader. So, yeah, got to give Houston credit. They went out there. There was a rumor yesterday that they were interested in him. And the following day, we got news of this. But 29 years old, he's thrown less than 400 innings in his career. I think from a durability standpoint, he definitely checks that box off for the Astros. And I just hope we see him in the postseason because that will mean that the Dodgers will be in the World Series. And a couple of days ago, I was ready to say it's going to be Dodgers-Yankees, right? I'm back on the Dodgers-Astros World Series. That's what the sport needs. That is what Major League Baseball needs in 2024. Shohei Otani in the postseason for the first time in his career going up against the Houston Astros. It'd be great for TV. It'd be great for the sport. You wouldn't see those record low ratings like we saw last season. And I think that this puts the Astros in a position to, like I said, a Brayu Presley hater in your seventh, eighth, and ninth. Pick your poison, man. That's like Street Fighter. You got Vega. You got Saget. You got M. Bison, right? You got tough bosses at the end of that game. So it's a huge piece. It's a massive piece. There's no way around it. And yeah, I think if the Dodgers got him, it would have been icing on the cake. You would have loved that, but I just don't think it was going to happen. As I mentioned earlier, the Yankees are going to probably be in a position where you want to add a piece, but the Astros making the big signing today. But I want all your takes down below in the comment section. What are your thoughts on the Astros signing Josh Hader, let us know down below. Like I said, a record-setting deal for Josh Hader in this one. And it's interesting because that's a good amount of money. That's a good chunk of change for someone who had a really high peak, then kind of went down a little bit, and then fully reestablished himself as one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. And from a stuff standpoint, you got to feel good about it. Like I said, at that price, five years, $95 million, that makes it the largest contract ever for a reliever in Major League Baseball in terms of present-day value. Edwin Diaz signed a 102.5, sounds like a radio station here in L.A., a $102.5 million deal. But if you look at the present-day value, there were some deferrals in that, and that put that at around $93 million. And Josh Hader, a CAA sports client. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Client. So that puts him at $19 million a year through the 2028 season. And he can also earn an extra $1 million in bonuses if he wins the Reliever of the Year award. So he's got some incentives in there that can take him upwards of over $100 million throughout the course of that contract. So, yeah, Hader got his deal. How about CAA? What an offseason. Scott Boris, step your game up, in the words of Floyd Mayweather. Step your game up right there because you got Shohei Otani signs a $700 million deal, largest contract ever in professional sports history, passing Lionel Messi, that a present-day value of $460 million. And now you got Josh Hader signing the richest deal ever for a reliever. So a big offseason for CAA and the Houston Astros. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Dodgers do because it's not like they're banking on getting Josh Hader. It would have been nice, but not at this price. I think I'm absolutely okay with this. And it would have been a massive luxury to get a hater. But with the way this team has shown the ability to not only find relievers through guys like Evan Phillips you get with Tampa Bay, you turn him into one of the best relievers in the sport. You show him that cutter, the effectiveness with that, the sweeper. He established himself as one of the best high-leverage high relievers in the sport. Then what you can do with the deadline? What you can do during the season, you trade Zach McKinstry for a Chris Martin who – is the best lead singer in baseball, right? And he was able to take his game to another level with the Dodgers, get that strikeout rate, avoid the home runs. Ryan Brazier, he was an absolute revelation. So I'm excited to see who the Dodgers have already identified for that diamond in the rough reclamation project or if they're going to go the Robert Stevenson route or possibly go the trade route for a Tanner Scott. But at the very least, you're getting clarity, and this will put the wheels in motion to what they're ultimately going to do. For me, Stevenson was more dominant than Hader last season, and you could get him at a discounted price, $30 million, $35 million on a three-year deal. Maybe he takes a shorter-term deal to prove that what he did with the Rays was real, and if he could do that throughout the entire season, maybe he feels like he could get himself a Hader deal because we've seen relievers in the past. Look what... Pomerantz got right we've seen deals in the past where you can have one elite season and parlay that and into a big deal so if you like Robert Stevenson maybe just maybe he sees what Hader got and he says you know what the Dodgers I signed with the Dodgers on a shorter term deal and I set myself up for an even bigger payday how much do you believe in yourself do you want to bet on yourself that is the question but my hope if I could do anything right now as far as addressing the bullpen, the number one thing I would do, I would call the Miami Marlins. I would check on the availability of a Tanner Scott because he was better than Hader last year when it comes to his expected numbers. Had a better expected FIP, a better expected ERA. He was dominant. Also, he's under one more year of team control, so you don't have to commit to him long term. And then, ideally, Jesus Luzardo's in that, including that deal too. But you guys know I've been talking about Tanner Scott for quite some time. But let's go to the comment section here. Not going to be a full-blown episode, just an emergency episode. If you don't know, now you know. Josh Hader. 
Where are the haters at, man? I'm a hater. I wake up extra early in the morning, Jordan, so I have extra time to be a hater, okay? And Josh Hader is on the Houston Trastros. By the way, he just really feels like, a, like an Astro, right? I mean, he definitely feels like an Astro, for better or worse. You can see it. You can picture it. Think about it. Try to visualize Hader on the Dodgers in that wedding gown white with that Dodgers script. Uh, I just can't really picture it, but I can absolutely picture him on the Astros. And like I said, Abreu, Presley, Hader, good luck. A murderer's row type of bullpen right there. And got to give the Astros credit, love them or hate them. They have extended that championship window. Los 17 says get Stevenson. Troy Reed, the Dodgers need to bring back Trevor Bauer. Troy Reed, Hader is definitely a trash throw from IB Stroken. Cobra Commander says, yeah, we didn't want him anyway. Oh, that's the classic thing, right? That's, that's how, you always have to do it like that, right? The minute the player that you might have wanted signs with another team, you just forget you ever wanted, right? Oh, I never wanted that. I'm good. Oh, no, no, thank you. Uh, get Luzardo, D-Mac, Wake Up Friedman. That's from Nando390. Yeah, Friedman, come on. It's been like a week since you made a impact signing, it's been a couple of weeks since you made an impact trade. I mean, come on. Where is Andrew Friedman? Someone wake him up. No. Of course, Friedman has already had his master class of an offseason. We got Tanner Scott, make it happen, Andrew Friedman, David E. Yeah, let's manifest that. Manifest Tanner Scott. By the way, if you're new to the channel, maybe you're a Houston Astros fan. Maybe you're a fan of another team. We talk all baseball here, too, so be sure to subscribe to the channel. And guess what? I don't care if you're a Yankees fan or an Astros fan. You're going to want a Dodgers number 17 Shohei Otani jersey because that is the best-selling jersey in the first 48 hours of a jersey release in sports history. Own a piece of history and make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you comment done so you are eligible for a Shohei Otani jersey giveaway. We are giving it away the minute we, not the minute, but as soon as we get to 80,000 subs, we're going to give it away live on this show. Hater is my guy. Bless you, Ben. We got Steve. We got, we want Luzardo or Classe trade. That's from Robert. Yeah, and look, like I said, one of the byproducts of all this is you are going to throw some gasoline onto the fire as far as the market goes. And really what you're seeing right now is these free agents, these free agent relievers, they have to fall off the board. Hater was the big domino, right? And it makes you wonder, though, because we all said the same thing about Shohei Otani, right? Shohei Otani was supposed to be the big domino. And after he signed, yes, Yamamoto signed, but he had a posting date there. He had to make his decision. And... You still have Matt Chapman out there. You still have Cody Bellinger out there. A lot of big-name free agents on the position player side are still on the board. But will this be the big domino from the relief pitcher market? When will Hector Neris sign? When will Robert Stevenson sign? Will this ignite the trade market for guys like an Emmanuel Classe or a Tanner Scott? I think Classe is interesting because the Guardians are not going to trade Shane Bieber. At least that is what is the sentiment right now. And the message that's being delivered by executives around the sport and a lot of insiders. And that's because the Guardians believe that they can contend. They believe they can win the AL Central. So is Classe really available? Because if you're not willing to trade a guy like Bieber, who's under one more year of team control, what makes you think you're going to trade a Classe, 
who his value is still high, but not as high as it was a couple years ago. The velocity's gone down a little bit. The effectiveness has gone down a little bit. Still led the sport in saves, but he's had a couple years of team control. Would you really want to move him? And if you're the Dodgers, too, do you want to trade top-level prospects for a relief pitcher? Freeman came up for air now go to see to go sea diving that's what craig osterberg what up craig dmax sign off again and come back with the dodger trade that's from roy estrada okay I'll, I'll work my magic maybe that's how this works maybe as soon as we end this stream we'll have another signing and we'll go live right after that dmac rocking the new studio what up carnivorous lunar activity as as always we appreciate you on this show got the new studio got some bobbleheads back there there were some that didn't make the move. We're going to have to send them to Dr. Neil Elitrach to work on them and fix their arms. DMAC knows something. Mr. Jonah Rod 77. Maldorano, you don't need a closer when you're outscoring teams by an average of seven runs. Can you do that in the postseason? Because what we learned last year in the postseason is good pitching shuts down great offense. We saw that with the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves were historically great throughout the regular season. First team to combine slug for 400. You had seven guys hit 20 bombs on that team. You had the MVP in Ronald Acuna Jr., who was a no-show after they lost in the NLDS. And you look at that Dodgers team, they had scored over 900 runs. That was the first time a team in Los Angeles had done that. It was a record for the Los Angeles Dodgers franchise, right? They were shut down. So... I think going into it with that mindset, thinking, oh, we're just going to outscore everyone. It's going to be that episode of Looney Tunes where you just have has the guy throwing to the plate and all the hitters are hitting home runs and just doing laps around the diamond, hitting 50 bombs. No, that's not going to be the case. You need to solidify this bullpen. You need to solidify this rotation. And for the most part, they've done that, which is a positive thing. But I see people having this debate out there, too, out on the Twitter verse saying, is the Yoshinobu Yamamoto a worse contract than this one? Because Yoshinobu Yamamoto signed a 12-year deal without having ever thrown one pitch at the big league level. You have to take a leap of faith. All long-term contracts require a leap of faith. Hater who? I like that. That's a fire take. That's from Larry over there on Facebook. That's going to finish him. But Dustin Mays should have carrot top. On the back of his jersey. Hey, I got jams. If we brought back the players weekend, that'd be outstanding. Invite Tim Anderson to spring training. That's from Mike Saldana. I see some Tim Anderson love down below in the comments in the last couple of shows. Need a reliever. That's from Adam over on the X. Chapman would have a huge impact on this staff. Look, this Dodgers team a few years ago, they had landed him, right? And then you had all the stuff that came out about him and the deal fell through. Last year, he was fantastic, but he's someone who is greatly impacted by this result as well because I'm sure he's going to fall off the board too. Like I said, this puts the wheels in motion for Hector Neris, for Robert Stevenson, for Aroldis Chapman, for Ryan Brazier, for these top-level relievers that have still not yet signed a contract. I'm sure their agents are busy today. I'm sure teams are going to make contact with them and see where they're at. And you're going to start to see these guys fall off the board. Hater was, I like this from IB Stroken. Hater is the real evil empire. Trastro's Darth Hater. We got uh, Trevor needs to be back. So we got some Trevor Bauer advocates. We got uh, Aradis Chapman would fit in nice. He was dominant last year. But like I said, Tanner Scott 
He's a lefty, and that's something that I'm looking at too. Don't forget, I mean, do you trust Vesia? Do you trust Ferguson? I think that this is a team that you want to find guys that you really feel good about considering the margin for error is going to be slim. It's going to be a team that is all in as possible. But, yeah, let's keep reading your comments down below. Josh Hader, what is your reaction to Josh Hader? Is anyone out there upset that the Dodgers didn't offer him that price? I guarantee you they came nowhere near the contract that he signed. They were never north of $90 million. They were probably never north of $50 million, if we're being honest about a Josh Hader, but uh, as for what he was looking for. He was looking to lock up a deal like this because then he can get back to possibly going multiple innings. Signed Russell Martin, best ERA for the Dodgers. That's 55. Are you Look, Russell Martin is fantastic. Russell Martin with Shohei Otani before Shohei Otani, right? Russell Martin... He's someone that's a, a two-way player. But if you look at Russell Martin's ERA, it's zero. But you know has a zero ERA? Justin Turner. So guess what? Me, Justin Turner, Russell Martin, what do we all have in common? We both have a 0.00 ERA, but actually never made it to the show. In Evan Phillips, we trust. Yeah, look, Evan Phillips is outstanding. The question, though, is, is he more valuable in a high-leverage role, in a fireman role, where you can – Move him up and down, going up against the middle of the team's lineup. With two, three, four, five, those hitters in big situations. And Evan Phillips was on a Locked on Dodgers podcast with my friend Jeff Snyder and Vincent Imperio, and he talked about getting a different level of juice, getting a different level of adrenaline when you're going up against a three, four, five top-level hitter in a high-leverage situation, and then the juice that it takes and requires to come out and win in the ninth inning. So the thing about Evan Phillips is he's going to do whatever this team wants him to do to help them win games. He's going to embrace any role. I do think that to maximize the value for Evan Phillips is you find another reliever where you don't have a defined closer, you have closer by committee. And that is where the game's going. That's where I think this team should be heading. This team is too advanced to not. So I'm for a closer by committee. I want to see a Tanner Scott trade. I'd be open to Robert Stevenson at the right price. JT, one year, $12 million. Well, You know, JT is getting the same amount of money next season as Shohei Otani. The Dodgers are still paying him $2 million. So I don't think he's going to be back with this team, though. But I do think he's going to be back as the manager at some point down the line. couple more here. I'm sorry, but I've never felt like Phillips is a true closer and he was allowing too much contact towards the end of the season, Cobra Commander. That's a fair point. I mean, you weren't seeing the whiffs as high. The strikeout rate wasn't as high. And when you have a cutter that breaks bats like his does and induces soft contact, well, you also increase the level of chances that every now and then, and it could be in the worst-case scenarios, that the ball's going to be put in play and bad things can happen. Look, everyone says... The pitcher's best friend is a double play. And yes, it's one of his best friends, but I think the real pitcher's best friend is missing bats. Because when you miss a bat, you rule out all this bad stuff that can happen when balls become put in play. You can find grass. It can be a ground ball with eyes, right? You can have an error. So he does get enough swing and miss, but for a lights-out closer that misses bats, I definitely tend to agree with you. When you have a cutter that induces soft contact, Every now and then, it's 
not going to be your day. I like strikeouts. That's from Justin Lamas. I like strikeouts, too. That's definitely the best asset is missing those bats. Uh, I see some Devin Williams talk. Give it up for DMAC. Yeah, definitely hit that, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button, guys. A little breaking emergency reaction show. Hater is on the Astros. And why don't we just kind of fast forward here? Who's coming out of the American League? What is your go? We can change your opinion at some point, but right now, what is your World Series prediction? World Series prediction. I, I'm switching it. I'm trying to manifest this. Let's go Yankees. Let's go at Yankees. Ast- it's tough. I want. I'm gonna switch it. You know what? Dodgers Astros. Okay. I want to see Dodgers Astros. We need it. And I know it's high stakes, high stakes poker there, but I think it'd be great for the sport. So forget about Hater. Extend DMAC. Yeah, definitely looking for that extension. Warehouse full of Duffy jerseys. Shout out to Danny Duffy, the Loch Ness monster of Dodger baseball. But yeah, the Astros, they get their guy. Look at the team they still have. You got Altuve, you got Bregman, you got Verlander, free agents after next year. So they're looking to win next year. They're looking to win next season. And Rangers fans, they're not happy. They thought that they were going to sign him, but that is not going to be the case. But that's a lot of dough, man. That's a lot of coin for a reliever. And they have a lot of pending free agents in Houston. It just really makes you wonder what they're planning. And, uh, of course, no deferrals, too. That's a, that's a Dodger thing. But uh, a couple more here. Going to read some of your comments on my phone. Uh, my hot take for the World Series, Dodgers 1A versus Dodgers 2A. The Dodgers are that good. Yeah, I'd be stroking out. Get a little carried away on that one, but I'm here for it. Hater on our radar. That's from Cobra Commander. Luzardo will end up in L.A. That's Mike Saldana's hot take there. We got Vesia still on the team, huh? Yeah, Vesia is still on the team. Gratterall can be our closer. He can give us more than three outs. Lemon, yeah, but then you kind of get back to the conversation that we talked about, about missing bats and being a closer and putting yourself in a bit the best position to go out there and get the ninth and be that slam the door shut, turn the lights off, lights out closer. So another thing, too, is, you know what, the Yankees, if I were them, I know they say they don't want Snell. I mean, Snell is someone I probably would go for, right? Snell and, I mean, Snell plus Stroman is pretty much Yamamoto, right? So if they're really in on Yamamoto like they claimed they were going to be, it makes you wonder. But that is what you need to know. Josh Hader has signed with the Astros. He has signed the richest contract ever for a reliever, and it's a potential World Series opponent, and we could be talking about this months down the line. Abreu, Presley, Hader. 7th, 8th, and ninth. But don't worry, I have confidence in this Dodgers lineup. You got Otani, you got Betts, you got Freeman. I like the way they match up with anyone. But the big takeaway for you as a Dodgers fan is Hayter will not be in L.A. He will not be a Dodger. I think they still need a left-handed reliever. I still would absolutely inquire about a Tanner Scott. We'll see what this means for Robert Stevenson, Ryan Brazier. Maybe the Dodgers get another guy. I feel like they will. You brought... Back Joe Kelly, you have Bruce Dargradall, you have Evan Phillips, 
You have J.P. Fireisen coming back this season. I think you'll see some Emmett Sheehan. I mean, maybe Dustin May later in the year coming out of the bullpen as he ramps up. But I think they need one more guy, and this puts the wheels in motion for that to happen. Hopefully we'll get some activity over the weekend. But that's going to do it for this emergency episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. If you haven't yet, and you're a Dodgers fan, if you're a fan of baseball and just love to talk ball, I don't know what you're doing if you're not subscribed to the channel. So do your boy a huge favor. Join the party. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And remember, nothing prepares – nothing uh, – well, actually, what is this? Chapman? Okay, that one threw me off. <laughs> uh, but my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And remember, nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue. Bleed blue. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. 